Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick along with you again, and today is Friday, March 12th. We have the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, including ESPN's Reese Davis sharing Urban Meyer stories from his time at the network. Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football on NFL Network explaining the impact of that morning program, plus reaction to the Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke press conferences. As always, remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin Monday with the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Free agency opens Wednesday, March 17th at 4 p.m. And this could be a free agency class to remember for the Jaguars. We're going to see a free agency that will blow 2017 out of the water. And we all can recall that 2017 offseason of Calais Campbell and Barry Church and Lorente McCray, along with many other names. It was an incredibly active free agency year for the Jaguars and My big thing is that this year is going to be even bigger. And I go back to last week, it was ESPN's Diana Russini, who had a text from an NFL head coach that said, it's going to be a massacre next week Mm. all around the league. You are going to see great to good players on the NFL free agency market that have to be cut to get under the cap. And the Jaguars are going to have pickings to go get these guys because they have the money to do it. And that's a great position to be in. Brian, a couple, of couple of questions for you here. You've, you've been around from day one. Was 2017 the biggest free agency buy for the Jaguars, the biggest return on the investment? Yes, w- without a doubt. I mean, yeah. you can look at 1999 when Gary Walker and Kyle Brady uh, you know, came on the scene, but... I mean, nothing compares to 1999. Brady yeah, and Walker? I'd say 96 compares. You had Keenan and, and Leon in one free agency class. That yeah, compares to yeah. Boye. And, I mean... I get yeah. there was I would put 96 up there with 2017 and uh you know you got two guys who uh, they're not on the wall but Leon and Keenan at some point could be on the I mean mm-hmm. they're right below that and Keenan will be on the wall. Yeah, you make a good argument. 96 Without was those two guys the four season run never happens. Yeah, you're right. And then they picked up Natron Means just on the waiver wire right. and that was just that was a lucky moment for them where he was available. Um I guess I'm, I lean towards 2017 because, you know, there was, they had been so poor for so many Correct. years, and they plug in, you know, Calais and Barry, and, and they, they, they take off. They jump. Right. So, um, and they got as far as the, you know, those other guys. In fact, they, I would argue they got further because they got within six minutes of the Super Bowl. Because Miles Jack wasn't down. Yeah, because he wasn't down, baby. Retweet. Uh, but those, those two stand out. Yeah, if this is going to be bigger, <laughs> buckle up. Yeah, well, I would say it's going to be bigger. I think the question for the, and I'm you know, sort of splitting hairs here, the question for the Jaguars and their fans, will it be better? Because it's hard to be better in terms of impact than having two all pros in A.J. Boye and Clayus Campbell. Yeah. It's hard to be better in terms of impact than Keenan McCardell and Leon Searcy, who were both maybe not all pros, but long-term. Those two classes, I get that they have a lot of money to spend this year, but it's hard in free agency to be that good because as much as people say great players are going to be available next week, I'm going to wait and see if they're really great. Because I still believe teams will find a way to keep great players on their roster. Well, that's so, it. We'll see. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast runs Monday afternoon on the official Jaguars Podcast Network.
Also Monday, an interview on Jaguars.com with ESPN College game day host and the anchor of ABC's NFL draft coverage coming up in late April, Reese Davis. In bonus material that did not make the final cut, Davis shared some of the behind-the-scenes stories of Urban Meyer when he was with ESPN just after his time at the University of Florida. He spent a ton of time wanting to know what made broadcasters successful, what made an analyst the best. What about the people that, that would be in charge from a management perspective? What's the week like? You know, he wanted to know everything so that he would be ready and would be at the top of his game to be able to succeed. He wasn't just going in it, you know, saying, I'm Urban Meyer. I have my two national championship rings and I know a lot about football. So I'm going to tell you people how this ought to be. You know, he went in with, with the idea that, I'm in a different world. Sure, I know football, no question, but I'm going to learn everything there is to know about television and about how football is broadcast on television. I would be very surprised if he's not taking a similar approach in the NFL. Sure, he knows football. Of course, he can evaluate talent. Of course, he can motivate God. But now he's motivating grown men uh, who have grown men responsibilities, who, uh, you know, might not respond to the same type of motivation that a 17-year-old that you recruited since he was junior in high school would respond to. Urban Smart, he knows that. And he'll, I, I think he'll figure that out. I think that he's going to have success there. Number one, because he's, he's a relentless worker, sometimes too much so for his own good. But he also has the quarterback to build around, which is the starting point. Now, I'm not trying to suggest Trevor's going to come in as a finished product, uh, but I do think he will come in and play well and be very successful and will develop along with the, uh, with the program that Urban's putting together. If you got time for a real quick Urban story. I love it. Bring it. Okay. I, I don't know. I just told you what. I'll tell you another one. That, to be honest, I don't know if he knows I know this. Okay. But, well, uh, my, he's about to find out. My longtime, my longtime studio partner and good friend, Lou Holtz, told me this story once. Lou is connected with everybody in the football world. So when Bowling Green was looking for a coach, Urban, even though he hadn't been a coordinator or anything, was looking to be a head coach. And Lou at least got him in contact with, uh, with people at Bowling Green. So it came time to make the decision, and Bowling Green had decided that they were really impressed, as, as you might imagine, with Urban Meyer. And uh, they were going to hire him. And before the final decision was made, uh, as I was told the story, Urban called Lou and said, uh, you know, coach, I don't think I'm going to take the job, uh, to which Lou said, why not? And Urban said, well, I'm not sure it's a good job. And Lou said, let me tell you something. Good jobs don't come open. Bad jobs do. It's your job to take a bad job and make it a good job. And if it were a good job that came open, why in the hell would they hire you? You know, at that time, and uh, I, think, I, I would imagine that if, if even if embellished slightly by uh, by the great Lou Holtz, the great storyteller, I, I would imagine if even something uh, remotely similar happened, that uh, that Urban has has kept that in mind and realizes what it takes to walk into a new situation and and prove yourself and not expect it to be a finished product just because of past successes you might have had, or in the case of Bowling Green, uh, great uh, potential that he had, which he has lived up to in the college game for sure. The interview with Reese Davis is available on the official team website, jaguars.com.
We move now to the Ozone Podcast. Senior writer John Ozier recently caught up with Peter Schrager, a longtime writer in the NFL and current co-host of the Emmy-nominated show Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Back in the old days when we were in the office every day of the week, the show was on television every day of the week in that office, and you can find that around the entire NFL pretty much. And, of course, people who cover the league and follow the league and, of course, all the fans watch this popular show most every day, and Peter Schrager knows that firsthand. I've been following the league since I was a kid, so probably 1970, unfortunately for me. I would put this show right now up among you know the old Irv Cross just passed yesterday, but the CBS show when yep. I was growing up. The shows that sort of define and where people get their message, it changes over the years based on media. It changes over the years based on how people are consuming information. But right now... I feel like you guys are it. When you guys say something, everybody knows what good morning football is. Do you get an idea from talking to players and people around the league that there's that level of connection? It, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, and you better watch what you say. I mean, truly, uh, you know, <laughs> I can go on. I can go on a couple of sports radio shows and maybe make a comment here and there, and doesn't really get picked up. But I'll give you an example. I mean, last week. I said uh, on the air, I said, I spoke with Sean McVay and he's giddy about the uh, Matt Stafford trick. And it's true. I spoke to Sean McVay and, uh, you know, whether or not the words giddy were used or whatever else, I could just tell, sense an excitement in him over like, what's going on. But the trade hadn't been done yet. Yeah. So technically, Sean McVay shouldn't be commenting on that. And technically, he hasn't spoken with the local media yet. And I've started a little bit of a you know what storm out in LA because the locals hadn't got a chance he's not addressing it so how am I able to talk to little things like that it just shows that people around the league are watching the media is watching and the players more than anyone is watching if you if you want to you know be critical of a player you better be willing to to look at that player in the face and say yeah I believe what I said and it only leads to more authentic and more truthful segments you know on our show we're a genuinely positive show but if I come on the air like I did today and said I think the I think the Patriots need to look outside of Cam Newton at quarterback. Well, there's a chance Cam Newton saw that. And I'll have to deal with Cam Newton at some point and have to address that. I think that the Patriots have to look somewhere else other than Cam Newton at quarterback. That just goes with the territory of having a show that is well well viewed. But to your point, yeah, you mentioned the passing of Irv Cross, who was a legend that, of course, I grew up watching too. But you think about that show, the NFL today, it was Brent Musburger. It was Irv Cross, a former player. It was Phyllis George. And then it was, you know, Jimmy the Greek. And it wasn't your typical four X players talking, if that can be the blueprint. And if you somehow even can compare our show to that one, which is what we strive to someday even be considered um, in the same league as that, that, that's the ultimate honor. And I appreciate that. The full interview available on the Jaguars official podcast network. When we return, a former Jaguars linebacker discusses what a culture of excellence looks like. Plus, head coach Urban Meyer explains what the Jaguars have on the roster currently and what they're looking for moving ahead. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And welcome to a new era of Jaguars football. The reload has begun with head coach Urban Meyer. Don't miss out on the best seats before they're gone for 2021. Lock in your tickets with a deposit at jaguars.com. Also remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. If you missed episode one of The Hunt, well, it hit Thursday night. It's archived and available on Jaguars.com or the Jags YouTube page. Behind the scenes of building the Jaguars with exclusive access with Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke and much more. Episode one entitled Own It. Check it out on the Jags YouTube page or Jaguars.com. Moving along now to Tuesday morning's Jags Drive Time Show. Former Jags linebacker Lonnie Martz joined Ashwin Sullivan and Brian Sexton. Martz played for the Jaguars in 1999 and 2000. He gave his perspective on free agency this year for the Jags and reflected on the culture that his former head coach Tony Dungy created in the Buccaneers locker room back in 1996. Martz was a part of that team as well. Free agency coming up next week. Who do you see fitting here in Jacksonville? They have a lot of needs, but they also have a lot of money. And, and that's, Ashlyn, that, that's what I think is the most important thing right now. They have a lot of money and they have a lot of needs. So, again, I, I think it's whoever whoever they feel like Urban Meyer would like to have in, in his, uh, uh, his corral is who they're going to go get. And I think it's going to be a wide receiver. And I also think it's going to be uh, a couple linemen. And again, you, when you build teams that, that win championships, which I know they want to do, you're going to find linemen first. And it always starts with linemen, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. So uh, wide receiver and some linemen. Culture is one of those words that just gets bandied about, like celebrity and diversity and culture. I mean, we hear them all the time and we don't get enough context. You know, take me into that Buccaneers locker room for a minute and tell me what the culture was like because Urban Meyer is trying to create a very specific championship caliber culture. What are you looking for in any free agent when you write that check? You're looking for a guy that's going to come in and he's going to be a, 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 you know, we talk about value. He adds value. And adding value nowadays seems like it's only about how you produce on the, on the field. But value is, is much more than that. And in the Buccaneers locker room, it was about value off the field as well as value on the field because we, we would go to each other's houses. We would, we would hang out with one another. It wasn't just on the field and in the office. We would literally hang out with one another and get to know each other's families. And so when you're playing with a guy and you know his family and you know what he's about, you know, morally and, and just his values, you, you tend to fight a little harder in, in the in the battle when you're out on the field and so building that is is it takes time it's, it's chemistry as they say and and not everybody's going to get along but for the most part we 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 it, it was buccaneers against the world and so that that helped solidify our, our culture jags drive time airs tuesday mornings at 10 on the jaguars social media accounts and jaguars.com Finally this week, the Jaguars football leadership spoke with the media over video conferences leading into the new league year and the opening of free agency. Let's start with Jags head coach Urban Meyer Tuesday. He was asked what he likes about the team so far and where they need to improve. And then NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks and I broke it down on Wednesday's Huddle Up podcast. You always start at the quarterback position. Obviously, Gardner was a guy that had... Uh... So uh, some success early here. I've spent a little bit of time with him, not a lot of time with him, but they always start at the quarterback position and we have the number one pick. There's a lot of speculation out there that, you know, 
that will be the first pick. So the number one is just making sure we have exactly the quarterback room exactly the way we want it. Uh, from there, you look at a defense that really struggled in a lot of areas. And I always believe you start, you build your team, build your team around the defensive line, and then you move backwards. And so that's what we're going to do. So our defensive line, you know, we feel good about a, a, a few of our players are pretty good. I just don't want to go into names right now. I don't think that's fair to the players. But defensive line will be solidified first, and then we move to the back of the defense. And our defensive secondary needs to be uh, revamped at a few spots. Offensively, we're you know, I think we have some really good receivers. Uh, we're 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 not done with that room, however. You know, I just think if you've covered our teams over the years, I just the need for speed, the the big play opportunity was not with the Jaguars last year, and we're gonna we're searching for the big play hit at the receiver position. Running back James, we feel pretty good about him. You know, he had a good year, so we want to build a room uh, with him being an integral part of it. The tight end room. You know, uh, that's a room that's going to have to be rebuilt in some ways. So on the offense line, you know, especially the interior of the line, I feel really good about them. You know, Norwell, Linder, and uh, AJ, those guys are good. Uh, and our right tackle, I feel like his future is ahead of them too. So the offense line, if we can keep uh, – I'm ex- the expectation is the offense line will be much better next year. Okay, so quarterback, obviously, number one is the, the big priority for him. A defensive line wants to build that defense from the line and then move back from there. Those are the two big takeaways. Wide receiver, he wants playmakers on offense. And you know what? So do I, Bucky. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's fun to really hear him talk about it because I, I I do believe coming from the college game, he brings a unique perspective, right? And because he's been so uh, successful winning at a bunch of different stops a few different ways, you know, I, I'm just curious about his football philosophy. And so – couple of things that he mentioned make sense. One, the quarterback, because the NFL game is all about the quarterback. You have to have a franchise quarterback, a marquee quarterback that can give the team to the winner's circle in whatever style that looks like. But then when he talks about building the team defensively from front to back, I think it goes with what we've always talked about of what we've always heard. You got to win in the trenches and you have to have a playmaker. Well, defensively, we sat here week after week and watched the team struggle stopping the run and struggle being unable to get to the quarterback. And it's very apparent that you can't allow that to happen. If you want to be an elite team, you have to be dominant at the line of scrimmage. So that's big bodies inside, stopping the run, elite playmakers getting after the passer. And so that's where it starts because the better your front end is, the lesser you need your back end to be because the front end affects the back end far more than the back end affects the front end, meaning stopping the run, rushing the passer, that's far more critical than being able to cover guys on the outside because the quarterback can't complete passes if he's on his back. Uh, Jalen wouldn't agree with that. I remember a few <laughs> years ago, that if you, depending on who you ask in the defense, they might have a different perspective of that. <laughs> Absolutely. And in, in, in a perfect world and, I wonder when we go back and we talk about it in a perfect world, I think there you have to have 10 to 12 blue chip players to be able to be a, a championship team. And if we think about it from the defensive standpoint, you need two pass rushers, either two outside guys or inside and outside guy. You need three defensive playmakers and mm-hmm. a special guy. So those defensive playmakers, two guys, ideally you would like to have at the second level, your linebackers being able to make plays a corner and a safety. So that'll give you six on defense. On offense, it's always the same. It's quarterback. Um, ideally, it's a running back. It's three offensive linemen, and then one wide receiver, someone that can make plays in the passing game. That's 
typically how it goes down. But I'm so curious to see how Coach Meyer views the team right now and where he attempts to fill in the gaps to make sure that they have 10 to 12 blue chip players to eventually get to a competitive championship level. The Huddle Up Pod runs Wednesdays, 8 a.m. on the Jaguars official podcast network. Next up, Wednesday's media availability for general manager Trent Baalke. Earlier in the week, the league announced the salary cap would be $182.5 million for 2021, an 8% decrease from last year. He reacted to that number and then was asked if there are plans to spend all the way to the cap or let some roll over. Plus, we'll have reaction from Jeff Vlogeman and yours truly on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday. We figured it would be somewhere between 180 and 185, and that's what we planned on. As far as spending, uh, you know, we're we're always going to look to push the envelope and and spend to spend to the cap uh, on a three-year rolling cycle, whether you're above or below. But on over a three-year period, hoping to to spend to the cap, and uh, we have an ownership that's willing to do that, and 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 we want to do that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna use the dollars. Uh, I, I spoke earlier about value. I think value is critical. You know, you have to get the value of the players right. And uh, you know, just like building a stock portfolio, if you if you get a bunch of overpay, you know, overpriced stocks, you buy high and sell low. Eventually, that catches up with you. So. Get the checkbook ready, Logs. It feels like they're going to spend some money next yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I would say that I think the impression is, first, the, the most important informa- piece of information there is that ownership has, quote, just kind of, I guess you could say this is uh, summarizing yes. from what Trent Baalke said, that ownership has given them the ability to spend the cap. And so they're totally okay with doing whatever it takes to build a winner. But you don't spend to the cap just to spend to the cap. Right. Uh, look, I mean, JP, I'd love to pay you to start left tackle and give you $20 million, but you're not worth $20 million. <laughs> Probably not that good. You're not. Uh, you know, you, I'll, t- I'll sign it today. You're not even worth minimum. So we're not going to give you a franchise $20 million right. because you, you're, you stink. You're not very good at left tackle. You're right. So uh, my point is, is that you, you want to spend to the cap but you have to have justification to spend to the cap, which is where Trent Baalke's talking about value, which means you need to find the players that, that tell you you're getting what the value is. So in other words, if you're paying somebody $15 million a year, you're getting $15 million a year in performance. Yeah, return on that investment. Absolutely. And then if you're spending $5 million on another guy, and if you can get $10 million in performance, yeah. There's your value. So right. you, you, you've got to be able to make sure that you're getting a return on investment, or ROI. That's a term, oh, wow. JP, that Thanks. you might understand. If you get ROI as a general manager, you're doing your job and you're doing it very well. And so you may not be spending the cap in year one. And essentially, it may take a number of years for you to spend to the cap, because you're rolling dollars over, and you also have a, a young quarterback expected to be in, so that obviously impacts the team. But uh, yeah, if you if you have the permission from ownership to spend to the cap, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that can compete. You just need to make sure you find the guys that are valued at that dollar amount to make you compete. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 p.m. on 1010XL AM Radio and the Jaguars social channels, plus the archives of both the Meyer and Balky media conferences on Jaguars.com. 
Coming up this week, the opening of the 2021 league year and the start of free agency. That's Wednesday at 4 p.m. The negotiation window opens a couple days before that, but no contracts can be signed until after the league year begins. Expect plenty of activity from the Jags next week. Also remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. We have a week-long schedule of podcasts on this network. Monday, it's Jaguars Reporters. Tuesday, Jags Drive Time. Wednesday, the Huddle Up Podcast. Thursday, the Happy Hour Archive. And then the Ozone Podcast jumps in there occasionally. And of course, on Friday, we wrap all up with this one, the Jags Broadcast Week in Review. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.